Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This woman cried the Lord Oh,
have a one-liner to remember my father by. Uh, it was the fact that while he was, before he retired, uh, he was a very, very hard worker, and he was a very good provider for his family. Um, very hard worker. Um, I couldn't keep up with the man. <laughs> okay, he was uh, he was a very hard worker, um, and that's that's what I will remember him by. His um, he was in the plumbing profession, and he'd get out there with that jackhammer and. He'd work harder than anybody. Um, anyway, tonight I want to look at a passage, um, if we could. Um, we've looked at this one before as well. Um, but I want to just kind of pull this out and look at a portion of this. I'm going to have Brother Mark read this in First Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. And I want to focus in on, um, I want Brother Mark, if he would, to read um, verse 11 down through um, verse 20, verse 11 through verse 20, Brother Mark, if you could. Yes, yes, very good. Before I begin, I want to say good evening to each and every one of our audience members. God bless you all in Christ's name. And uh, Brother Larry, I did see your special message with the announcement about an hour ago. And at this time, I, I wish to say you have my deepest condolences and sympathies. My heart is with you. And I will be lifting you up in prayer over the next few days or week or whatever, and I would ask all of our saints listening in to please do the same and lift our brother up in his family at this hard and sad time. So you, I just wanted I, to let you know that I did see the message, and you have my deepest sympathies. I stand with you, brother. I appreciate that, Brother Mark, and also... I want to thank Brother Rick for his his very kind uh, uh, message as well. He's with us tonight, and I did get your message, Brother Rick, and I also got um, Brother Macacious, um, um email as well, and all of those other kind people that have um, have expressed the same sentiments. Okay, Brother Mark, go ahead, Brother. Okay, in the King James... Colossians, chapter 1, verses 11 to 20. Okay, so, verse 11, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Verse 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven 
and that are in earth, visible and visible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. That's awesome. I love that. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Verse 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Well, thank you, Brother Mark. And also I want to thank and acknowledge Brother Andrew Brown and thank you for your, your, your kind comments, Brother Andrew. That means a lot to me. And... Um, yeah, this has been one of my favorite chapters in the Bible uh, for many, many years, the last 20 years. Um, I was introduced to this passage by a person who uh, I had asked a question to one time. This is when I was fairly new in the faith and was really trying to get my arms around the sovereignty of God over evil. And I remember asking this person, where in the Bible does it say that God is sovereign over evil? And he said, well, I would suggest you might start with the first chapter of Colossians, <laughs> okay? And I thought, well, and so I read through that, and I thought, well, where, where, where does he get that in the first chapter of Colossians? Well, the more I studied through it, I found mm -hmm. out that it's very, very, it's very evident where it is found, and that is, of course, in the 16th verse. Mm -hmm. um, but before we go to the 16th verse, I want to begin with verse 11. Um, you know, I heard a minister one time preach a sermon, and he entitled it, What We All Need Is a Good Dose of the Sovereignty of God. That was, his, that was the title of his message. What we all need is a good dose of the sovereignty of God. And he began to proclaim... Uh, the sovereignty of God in the message, and it had a, a tremendous impact on me. Well, this is what is being proclaimed throughout this passage that we're going through tonight. In verse 11, strengthened with all might. Notice it doesn't say strengthened with some might. <laughs> okay. Right. Strength, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Um, it reminds me, I, uh, I've read this before, but uh, if I can find it, I'll try to read it again tonight because it's apropos for what we're talking about. God displays his power in a lot of different ways. Yes. And one of, the, one of the ways that he really shows his power is in the intricacies of his creation, and yes. so I've read I've read this before on um, sermon audio and on Facebook, but I I want to read it again. I've entitled this "Creation is a Wonder of Your Might," 
When I awake at early dawn and the sunlight glimmers on my face, Father, I then know that creation is a wonder of your might. When my heart feels the comfort of your spirit's wooing, I want to thank you for your amazing grace. When the flowers bend their heads waving to me at sunrise, Father, I then know that creation is a wonder of your might. When I remember resurrection morning, your son risen from the dead, I want to thank you for your glory fills the skies. When I see the robin, the redbird, and the dove waking to a new day, Father, I then know that creation is a wonder of your might. Knowing that Christ is seated at your right hand, I know someday I too, paradise, will take my flight. When squirrels rise early playing in the trees, Father, I then know that creation is a wonder of your might. I then know I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. And thank you again for your love shown on Calvary. When I... When I see and hear the waters of a creek on the mountainside, Father, I then know that creation is a wonder of your might, and the water and the blood that flowed from your riven side reminds me to be so thankful for the day for me you died. And in the early evening, when the sun begins to set, Father, I then know that creation is a wonder of your might. As the cool breeze blows and the robin returns unto her nest, the rest I have in Christ, the perfect sacrifice, was met. When I see the fawn by the road peering through the trees, Father, I then know that creation is a wonder of your might, and I see her mother not very far away. Once again, the great shepherd beckons me to my knees. When this old world with all its sin is burned up and destroyed, Father, I then know that creation is a wonder of your might, and as the new Jerusalem descends from heaven with wonder and delight, I want to thank you for Christ's promise, and I'll be overjoyed. What marvels await me in this new city, I am told. Father, I then will know that creation is a wonder of your might. I'll live in a city where I'll never grow old, and I'll forever thank you for the sweetest story ever told. Well, that's what we're talking about tonight is the power of God's creation. We've, we see this in the 11th verse, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power and all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. And he says, he hath made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He's made us for that purpose. He's delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us in the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now, this verse 16 is phenomenal. I mean, mm-hmm. we, could do a, we could do a whole message, and I'm not going to, but mm-hmm. we could do a whole message on verse 16. For by him, by Christ, were all things created. I mean, we could stop right there. By him were all things created. We find in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created. We have a whole group of scientists out there that say that there is no such thing as God. There is no such thing as proving there's a higher moral being. There's no such thing as proving that it didn't all originate or evolve 
from a slime mess, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and Scripture tells us something totally different. Scripture yeah. tells us that by him, by Christ, were all things created. And then he goes into specificity, okay? He says that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Now, it took me some time to really go through and work through this thing about Christ creating all things that are invisible, <laughs> okay? Mm -hmm. But listen, um, if you've ever looked through a microscope, mm -hmm. uh, there's a whole new world under the microscope that yeah. things that not see with our naked eye. We cannot even observe it. There's right. a lot of things that we can view through the telescope that give us a different view mm -hmm. of the creation. And then it was the next part that really got me. It says, whether they be thrones or dominions, I could deal with that one. Mm -hmm. But then, then it got into the real crux of the matter. Mm -hmm. or, or principalities. Mm. Have you ever have you ever looked up the definition of principalities? Principalities <laughs> are not something that we view as a good thing. Okay. Why does he say that we should put on the whole armor of God? Okay. Mm. And he says that we should wage war against principalities, does he not? Mm -hmm. Well, here we see that he is actually the creator of these principalities that we are to wage war against. And so we're not saying that we are not to take a stand against evil, but what we are saying is that God is sovereign over it all, okay? And it says that powers principalities or powers, all things were created by him. And I'm sure glad that Paul went on to, to explain why he would create such things as principalities. Why did he create such things as principalities? Well, it tells us here. They were created by him and for him to glorify himself. We're told in Romans 9, for this very purpose have I raised thee up, speaking of Pharaoh, that I might show my power in all the earth. Isn't that what he says? And so that's why Pharaoh was created, was to show the power of God. Let's just look at that real briefly, Romans 9. We'll go back there real briefly. Um, he says, verse 17, for the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. That's mm. why he rose Pharaoh. That's why he rose Pharaoh up. That's why Pharaoh's heart was hardened, was it not? To show the power of God. And so when I when I read through that I thought, wow, that answers a lot of questions for me regarding why God uh, ordained evil in the world. It answers a lot of questions. For his own glory. For his own glory.
Now we know he's the head of the church. We know that he is, now this is another interesting scripture, the last scripture that Brother Mark uh, read in verse 20. It says, he says, um, having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself. I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. What does he mean by that? What does he mean by reconciling all things unto himself? Well, we're told in another passage that the whole uh, world groaneth in travail. And mm-hmm. <laughs> one of these days, okay, this earth is no, no longer going to groan in travail because it's going to be burned up, okay? Right. And we're going, we're going to be living in a new Jerusalem. But here's the point. Um, God is the one okay, who does the reconciling. A lot of people have it backwards. They say, be ye reconciled to God. No. The only way that we can be reconciled to God is if God reconciles us to him, okay? Yes. And and how does he reconcile us to him? There's a song, I think it was written by Charles Wesley, My God is Reconciled. Wait a minute. Um God doesn't need reconciliation, okay? We need reconciliation. And how did we receive reconciliation? Through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only way we were reconciled to God, through the work and the the death of Jesus Christ on the cruel and rugged cross of Calvary. So uh, I've often thought, well, we need to change that song around, you know, Instead of saying, my God is reconciled, my God reconciled me to himself through the shed blood of his cross. So tonight, I just wanted to point those things out. Um, The fact is, in the very next verse, it says, and you that were sometimes alienated enemies in your mind by working works, yet now hath he reconciled. He's the one that did the reconciling in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. How did he do that? He paid the ransom. He became our sin bearer. And through the death of the cross, we have the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to go and look at um, verse 26 in this passage because... This is something that is a mystery to a lot of people, but it is not a mystery to God's elect. It says, even the mystery which hath been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest. It doesn't say is made manifest to everyone without exception. Notice that. It says, is, which has been hid from ages and from generations, but is now made manifest to his saints. What is the mystery? The mystery is that Jesus Christ came in the world to save sinners for whom I am chief. That's the mystery. And it says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles. And what is it? Christ in you, (laughs) the hope of glory. That's the mystery. We have that Mm -hmm. imputed righteousness of Christ. And so because of that reason is is why we are having this little service tonight, verse 28, whom we preach, 
warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Notice we cannot present any man perfect outside of Christ Jesus. We can only present a perfect man in Christ Jesus through his imputed righteousness. And so that's kind of been what was on my mind this evening. I would like to now pause. And if uh, Brother Mark uh, has any comments or any other scriptures he'd like to go to or any thoughts he has on this, uh, Brother Mark, feel free to take all the time you need. Sure, sure. Um, Reading that verse 20, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself, uh, that reminded me of this other verse I I pulled it up here on my computer screen in 2 Corinthians. That reminded me of this one in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20 in the King James. Verse 18, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18, 19, and 20. Excellent. That's excellent. Well, that is really good, because the next verse after that, he says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, speaking of Christ, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Again, referring to the imputed righteousness of Jesus Christ because of the merits of him and him alone. That's wonderful. That's a great tie-in. I appreciate that. Well, you know, there's uh, the Roman Catholic Church talks about imparted righteousness. Mm, They talk about impartation. And the scripture doesn't make any kind of reference to impartation. It talks about imputation. Okay, and so we have the Council of Trent um, put out by the Roman Catholic Church that says that if any man says that he does not have a free will, let him be anathema. That's part of, did you realize that's part of the Council of Trent of the Roman Catholic Church? If anyone says they they do not have a free will, let him be anathematized. In other words, let him be accursed. Well, what does Scripture say? Scripture says just the opposite. We find yeah. in Galatians, we find in Galatians the ath- the anathemization, the accursedness, has to do with Judaizers that are trying to promote um, circumcision and works. Mm-hmm. He says, if you look in Galatians one six, he says, I marvel that you are so removed from him that called you under the grace of Christ unto another gospel. What is the other gospel? The other gospel is the doctrine of free will. Yep, it's free not will. a doctrine of 
he says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel. What, what's the gospel we are to be preaching? He says here that we are to be into the grace of Christ. Into the mm-hmm. grace of Christ. That's what we should be preaching. But he says, if anyone preaches any other gospel, then we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And then he says that again. Mm-hmm. He says, do I persuade men or God? <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. You know, it reminds me when I was, I've said this many times. In verse 11, he says, I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not after man. It has nothing to do with the free will of man. Right. He says, I neither, I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. How many times have I, I uh, uh, shared with the audience here when I was coming up as a child and I'd go through these through these chapel services. I was in a so-called Christian school and they'd sing these songs over and over and over. And it was the last verse of Almost Persuaded. Almost Persuaded. Harvest is past. Almost Persuaded. Doom comes at last. Almost cannot avail. Almost is but to fail. Sad, sad, that bitter wail. Almost but lost. Let me tell you something. <laughs> None of God's sheep are going to be lost. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that none of God's sheep were lost. We were all lost and undone without God and his son until Christ called us with his effectual calling. But the fact is, do you realize that the sinner, the elect sinner, is the only one that's lost? Because they're the mm-hmm. only ones that can be found. They're the only ones that can be found. The reprobate is not, uh, doesn't even consider himself to be lost. He certainly, right. doesn't want, certainly doesn't want to be found, okay? And so here's the point that I'm trying to make, that the doctrine of free will teaches that you can be almost persuaded, and because you weren't persuaded is why you're lost. No, no. The only reason that anyone has been a recipient of God's wonderful, marvelous grace is because God has chosen to give that person grace. That's the only reason. It has nothing to do with the creature. Nothing. We are not worthy of the grace that God has given us. We have nothing to boast of. And so, anyway, you get me started on that line, and it's hard to shut me up, Brother Mark. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. All right, so anyway, uh, that's what we want to look at. And he says, uh, let's just jump over real quickly uh, to the third chapter of Galatians. The first verse he says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? You just came out of Halloween and all the witches. Well, he he calls this bewitching doctrine, bewitching doctrine. The doctrine of devils, okay? Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you? Okay? Mm -hmm. And, And what's he saying here? He says, 
very clearly in verse 11 that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. No man is justified by the law. There's a lot of people that try to say that if you perfectly keep the commandments, that will bring your salvation. Well, first of all, no one can perfectly keep the commandments. Okay? Uh, But anyway, the point is that he goes on to say that the just shall live by faith. Okay? And And look what he says in verse 22. The scripture hath concluded all understand that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ, notice it doesn't say faith in Jesus Christ. It says by the faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Notice that their belief, their belief is not what brings them the faith. What What brings them the faith is the faith of Jesus Christ is given to them, and that results in them believing. That's okay? right. And so he says, verse 26, For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And then he says, There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. Now, that is speaking of spiritual Israel, not physical Israel. Not, you're, yeah. not a cho- you're, not, you're not a chosen seed of God because you're, and, you know, they don't even want you to use the word Jew anymore. That's a, that's a no word. If you use the word Jew, then you're considered anti-Semitic, okay? But the point is, Paul uses that word all the time. And he says in verse 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. The Jews say they're special. They say they're God's chosen people. The dispensationalists say that all the Jews are God's chosen people. But Paul says that he is a Jew, spiritually, who's one inwardly circumcision of the heart. Not outwardly, not not of the seed, because he talks about the seed and that seed was Christ, was it not? The seed was Christ. It wasn't some kind of seed or uh, a physical seed of, of uh, Abraham. It was the seed of Christ. And that's what he says in verse 29. If you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heir yeah. according to the promise. And and so I just wanted to go over that tonight. I know I kind of covered a lot of ground in a real short order. Um, I appreciate you all uh, um, laboring with me uh, through this. But, you know, you can never never hear the gospel too much. Um, That's right. You know, it's just it resonates with you. Amen? Jesus Christ is our hope of glory. Amen? And I like what Brother Rick says, that the precious blood of Jesus Christ is the important thing. And Brother Mark says that uh, irresistible grace, you know, that's we could do a whole message on irresistible grace. Yeah, the Apostle yeah. Paul, when the Apostle Paul was struck down on the road to um, Damascus, mm-hmm. uh, 
he 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 could not resist. What did what did God say from heaven? You know, mm-hmm. you know it's hard. He says it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Isn't that what he said? Yes. And mm-hmm. the, the apostle Paul, Saul at the time, before he was renamed, he said, yes. "Who art who art thou, Lord?" <laughs> How did he know it was the Lord? Okay. And then right. God told him, "Get up, and it will be told thee what thou must do." <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. that's irre- that's irresistible grace. Well, we're going to uh, kind of bring this to a conclusion. Um, Do we have a a final selection, Mark? 416. 416 out of the old school hymnal. And before you start that, let me turn uh, the camera over um, so that they can... Uh, see my the dream team. <laughs> I, I always like to call them the dream team. Okay, hold on a second here. Here we go. Mark and Rosette, the dream team. 416. Mark, go ahead. May the grace of Christ our Savior and the Father's boundless love with the Holy Spirit's favor Rest upon us from above. Thus may we abide in union with each other and the Lord, and possess in sweet communion joys which earth cannot afford. Praise the God of all creation. Praise the Father's boundless love. Praise the Lamb, our expiation. Priest and King enthroned above. Praise the fountain of salvation. In by whom our spirits live. Undivided adoration. Well, I hope that you all have a blessed evening. I want to thank again all of the folks that have joined us tonight on Facebook. We, you know, we don't know how long we'll have not only on Facebook, okay, but on the face of this earth. We don't know how long. And that's, that's right. that becomes apparent when someone close to us passes on. And so let us be thankful for the times that we do have together to worship and praise and honor God. Brother Mark, right. do you have any final, final comments before we conclude this evening? I want to remind everyone that we will be having a talk she broadcast tomorrow night with Brother Edward Henry. The topic is going to be on uh, education and the influence it's had on our culture. But go ahead, Brother Mark. Yes, I would just say thank you to the saints of God listening and being our audience tonight, and I would ask each and everyone to please continue to pray and lift up our brother and his dear family in this hard time of loss that they're going through. Please continue to pray. Thank you. Thank you, brother.
Very gracious of you, and I do appreciate that. And to all of our friends and loved ones, uh, may you have a blessed week, and may the good Lord be with you. And with that, I will say um, good night. God bless and good night till Monday night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.